When the crowd gets loud, that's a pop. When the crowd gets insane, that's a monster pop. Hey everyone, welcome to episode two of the Monster Pop Podcast. I'm your co-host, Reclaim Joey, former professional wrestler and passionate about pro wrestling and Twitch streamer. I'm flanked here by Mr. The Ever-Hilarious Brose Wood, also Twitch streamer, also very funny guy, very passionate about wrestling, and no gimmicks needed, Mr. Egghead, Dr. Destruction PhD. With a well, legit soon to PhD. Have a legit PhD. Soon, soon. <laughs> how's, yeah. how's it going, boys? You got to work the gimmick, dude. You got to work the gimmick. Dude, you're right. You're right. Dude, <laughs> yeah, put it over, <laughs> man. Listen, you man, can that intro was fire, man. Great job. It, it's, pro, it's, it's pro wrestling. You can fudge the numbers a little bit. This How are you guys doing? How is everybody? Dude, I'm doing all right. I'm doing uh, great. exhausted. Uh, not going to lie to you, but here we are. Fun week of wrestling for the most Stay, part. Oh, yeah. Stay, dude, stay up to great Lots matches. of news. Great, Great matches. matches, lots of news, crazy stuff, drama, all sorts of stuff. We're gonna be we're gonna be talking about a, this week's AEW shows. We watched the very much talked about Will Osprey match versus Michael Oku. Very very cool. I can't wait to talk about that. Um, as as well as the heat between Kenny Omega and Will Osprey. We're gonna be <laughs> after gushing about Brian Kendrick. We're gonna be talking about him. Uh, we're gonna be taking your questions, and we're gonna be talking a little bit more about the show. Yeah, uh, so we should probably start with uh, the Brian Kendrick thing since he was announced for the opening match on AEW of all things. Um, so obviously, wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Before we get to that, can I say something? Yeah. Um, episode one has gotten some insane feedback. Let's. I don't want. I don't want to like skip over this. Episode one has gotten some really cool feedback, and way more people are listening to this show than I thought would, and I'm so humbled by that. And I just want to say, like fucking thank you from the bottom of our hearts thank you so much for downloading the very first episode we're glad you enjoyed it we're only going to be going up from here we're going to be improving we want your feedback and seriously we're so excited to bring you episode two today the the feedback that we've that we've received dude it's been incredible uh we all appreciate it from from all of us all of us thank you for the immense success of the first episode we love you guys you. Yeah, thank you, listeners. It's really appreciated. Okay, now we can move on to uh, to to AEW Dynamite. This is what we watched first. Uh, we uh, we skipped all of the WWE stuff. So I mean, if you really, if you guys really want us to watch that stuff, you gotta let us know. But yeah, holy, we're shit, not doing it without. Good. We're not doing it without anyone yeah. telling us that we need to. Maybe gotta, we just keep it. At, we keep it at pay per views, and we get to make fun of them. Well, I'll. I'll I th- we could do that, I think. Dude, they do sure. a lot of pay-per-views. We need that. Yeah. Actually, sorry, they don't do pay-per-views. They do premium live events. Premium live events is what they we call them Goldberg now. Goldberg versus Roman Reigns again. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Holy shit. What was that fact? Was somebody put it on Twitter. Uh, um, it was on Reddit. There oh, was, it was on uh, Reddit. Okay. A guy who said that um, over since Goldberg came back in 2016, he has wrestled for like 46 minutes in total. So he's made like twenty million over for like an less than an hour of wrestling. <laughs> Insane, dude! God, <laughs> can you if imagine you can even... making that much money for that little amount of time? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like you know, you have to factor in. There's a little bit of extra time, right? Where he's, you know, he's there. You know, he's cutting promos every so often, stuff like that. But if still, you can call like, him that. His promos are way. I'd rather see him cut a promo than work in the ring. This is true. This is true. You're right. You're right. I'd rather see him get. Nah, never mind. <laughs> oh no 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 yeah. no! 
There you go. Okay. Um. All right. All right. AEW. So last week we gushed about Brian Kendrick and how good he is, and uh, that was before uh, that was before they announced him for Dynamite, and we were like, oh, crazy. We he fuck he got. We we wished that into existence. Yeah, we talked that into we existence. Did. The we monkey, so the monkey excited. paw curled on this one. Straight up, uh, we got so excited about seeing Brian Kendrick on the show, and then like his past showed up, like all the insane shit that he said. Holy shit! Oh, so it hurts, dude. Yeah. I was oh, so excited, bro. Oh yeah, me too. So we don't really back Brian Kendrick anymore. So. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> nope. To be clear, no, thank you. I mean, this oh is. I mean, like for those who aren't familiar, I mean, this is like some crazy, you know, Holocaust denialism. I think there's like some Sandy Hook stuff in there, just like all kinds of insane stuff. And I mean, I guess you know, as wrestling fans, we're not really strangers to you know the performers that we respect and really enjoy being you know shitty people, maybe secretly or not so secretly. Um, I mean, obviously, you kind of peak with, you know, Chris Benoit, but you obviously have, like, a descending order when it comes to either, you know, their political views or other weird things that come out about them, and uh, this is just another one of those, right? Yeah, it hurts. It hurts every time something like this fucking happens, but, um, you know what? People should be held accountable for what they do, so. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, at least we got Sabu's new catchphrase out of it. He's been saying, <laughs> "Oh shit, LOL" to everybody now. But like, there's there's a tweet or on on the tweet. Well, where... I guess he can't he can't run the genocidal gimmick anymore if he doesn't agree with that. So <laughs> he's got to come up with something. He's got to come up with something new. But yeah, he's got the oh shit. So he was so there was a tweet of uh, Brian Kendrick tweeted that he apologized and all that kind of stuff. Um, it seemed like a heartfelt apology, but you know what, man, those views are insane, and it's absolutely it's. I don't know how you grow out of that. And uh but either way, he did the apology and Sabu responded underneath it. He's like, LOL, what'd you say? LOL. And, <laughs> and uh somebody posted what he said, or somebody responded to Sabu and he just said, Oh shit, LOL. So he's been saying oh shit, LOL to a bunch of stuff lately, and <laughs> at least we got a Sabu catchphrase out of it. Yeah, it's like was, the, it's the new There was dam. a fun one with uh was it with him and uh there was like some picture of like Becky Lynch where it looks like uh, a wrath has her hand uh, up somewhere. Um, it's <laughs> a weird picture, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just weird, but it, you know, at least uh, you know, Sabu's finding a way to keep us entertained from a uh, unfortunate situation. <laughs> so Brian Kendrick was replaced by Wheeler Yuta. Yeah, Wheeler Yuta, uh, up and comer, pretty much the uh, best friend's young boy. Um, Young boy is a term for like your your rookie, your underling, like somebody that you're like that you have under your wing. It's like an old uh, Japanese pro wrestling term. So it sounds weird these days, but um, I mean, it sounds weird. Period. Actually, so call people young boys, but that's what <laughs> that's that's the term. I, mean, I guess we can call him young lion or something like that. The term is more used, young lion is used more these days, but he's got he's the uh, young lion of the best friends and um, pretty solid talent. And uh, what did you think of this match, Brose? I think it was solid, dude. I've never seen uh, Wheeler before, um, but I feel like you know the kid. The kid's got a good look, and I think he can. He can kind of eat in the industry, dude. I like him. Um, <laughs> Moxley, dude, is just he just looks so good. And I said it last week. He just looks so good, dude. And like it was a solid match. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Nothing to you know gush over but i think uh you know it was, it was good stuff it was a good opener 
Yeah, yeah. we're kind of continuing like the trend uh, that we did um, before uh, Mox went away for rehab for a bit, where you know he kind of had like this more vicious streak to him, and we really see him kind of like demolish Yuta in a few bits. Um, worth noting that Yuta was accompanied to the ring by not only Orange Cassidy but the uh, recently debuting Danhausen. And the crowd seemed really into Danhausen. They started yeah. chanting him like all over the show. Even when like there was like kind of you know the match was really picking up too. Like they were like Danhausen was really over with this crowd. Um, I hated this. I mean, I, I mean, I like I, I like the match. The match was the match was good. The match was fine. It was very solid. It was good for what it was. Um, the Danhausen thing, I just don't under, like. He came out with the best friends immediately. Uh, he didn't have his own music, obviously. He's standing behind uh, Wheeler Yuta coming out. People were really into Danhausen. I feel like they robbed the live Chicago crowd of like a big Danhausen pop coming out by himself. Like they, I feel like they could have done something there where he came out by himself, his first real entrance on Dynamite, and then people are excited to see him. And like maybe he declared that he's running with the with the best friends and stuff like that because there was just like it was just well, from suspect- him showing. I suspect that he's not going to be fully running with them. It's just kind of like he might just show up like wherever like he feels like in kayfabe. Um, I'm curious to see where this goes, but I do kind of agree that it. Um, we were kind of robbed of like a cool like you know him coming out with an entrance and everything. We were robbed of a monster pop. He um, <laughs> said it. I said it. I said the word. What did you think, Rose? See, so I don't really like know Danhausen that. Well, except for the very little that I've uh, I've seen of him so far, uh, so like him not coming out, like not getting that pop was like fine for me because I I don't know him, so I think it's uh you know, it was okay. But I'm sure like people who know him and know him from the Indies and know him from you know ROH and everything, they were they were probably a little upset that they couldn't you know get that monster pop in there i mean i think you're still gonna get it someday so i don't think it's like the end of the world this isn't like you know and you know death of wcw type stuff but this is you're right you're right right. like it's 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 definitely it was was something that just stronger it was just something that bothered me it's uh, and and you're right it could be done later where he has his entrance but at the same time like it's the first time you've seen him since he showed up in that little spot and everybody's been talking about it You'll never get that back. You'll never get that. You yeah, know, that's that, true. You'll never get that back. Whatever. So after the match, um, obviously, you, we see now why why uh, after the match, um, they picked Brian Kendrick uh, in the first place because of his connection to Brian Danielson. They trained together. And uh, Brian Danielson comes out. He um, talks to Mox. And he basically just says all the things that fucking Jim Cornette says, all the negative shit and <laughs> to cut his promo. And yeah, buries half the roster yeah. and calls uh, oh, really? yeah. the best friends jokes, yeah. calls, uh, you know, makes fun of Luchasaurus, um, yeah. makes fun of Hangman, just like all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's he proposes that uh, him and Mox like team up and there talks about taking some of those other guys under their wing, like Jungle Boy and Daniel Garcia which is honestly intriguing. I really hate like when like like in WWE they do this often. They uh, will take two two singles wrestlers and they don't have anything else to do with them, so they just throw them together as a tag team. I hate that. I think that makes makes tag teams like I think that buries tag teams. Like I, I like seeing people like Private Party and the Lucha Brothers and like like legit tag teams that go together. They have their theme. They have all their whole thing. 
So when you throw like two randos together, I hate that. I just hate it so much because then you usually book them to kind of steamroll the normal tag teams. Yeah, but I yeah, feel I... like with this, uh, it's going to be more of like uh, maybe like a faction because like, they, you know, they're talking about bringing in like the younger guys. And I think with that, it might be kind of cool to to see like a, a big faction just take over more so than like, you know, the inner circle and everything. Um. I think that might be a, a different route they take. And I think if anyone can do it better than WWE, it's definitely AEW. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think um, when the people they had referenced specifically were Wheeler Yuta, Daniel Garcia, and Lee Moriarty. Uh, they didn't mention Jungle Boy. Um, oh, but, my uh, bad. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, but the... Uh, Are you sure they didn't mention Jungle Boy? Because they talked about Luchasaurus. That was kind of like a given. Well, they, they had just like buried him. Like there was like, oh, he dresses like a dinosaur. This uh, is bad. But they didn't say like we should take Jungle Boy away from him. But Wheeler Yuta, he explicitly said that we should take him away from these jokes that he's hanging out with. Gotcha. Um, which was a chance to throw shade at, you know, Dan Housen too. So maybe we'll get a <laughs> Dan Housen, Dan, uh, Brian Danielson uh, program at oh some point. Oh my God, that'd be fun. <laughs> Um, might make up for you know being robbed of that uh monster pop, but um, yeah, I think that there's a little bit of a difference with the way uh AEW tends to book like these types of tag teams because they really haven't done a few like let's pair up a couple guys things. I mean, I, I guess you know you could maybe make the case that like Kenny and Hangman were sort of that, but they were at least like in a faction together. Yeah, they had they had like a pre-existing partnership for sure. Yeah, but then you also kind of had the uh, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley team up for the Young Bucks, and like the Young Bucks explicitly said, like you know, this isn't WWE. You're not gonna like go over us, and they didn't. So I think that there's, you know, I think that there's a time and place for like these types of team ups, and I think AEW so far has been really good about handling that versus WWE, where it's kind of predictable that like you know, like the tag teams are always this like super mid card act, and then you know they'll throw in like a, a main eventer just to kind of job out all of them which you know probably climaxed with braun Strowman tagging with like a seven-year-old to beat cesaro and sheamus which also kind of a hodgepodge <laughs> team but still that definitely buried the tag division more than anything else i can think of you sound hurt <laughs> maybe a like little a bit i mean it, it was it was a fun memeable moment but at the end of the day you know that's just our, the memes are just our way to cope with these things right right true i th- I think it would be funny if, like, um, they had them go after somebody like Daniel Garcia, and then Daniel's like, nah, hell no. And then the, uh, and then 2.0, the tag team, they're like, they turn on Daniel Garcia and, and fucking Danielson, and, and Mox gets stuck with the tag team that they shit on. <laughs> yeah. Because they did, they did call him out and said, like, you know, yeah. pulling him away from 2.0. Yeah, they sure did. That's funny. What do you think? Do you think they have a, a, a cool, um, idea for, like, a stable Brose? I think it might be dope to just have like these two very established stars and just bring in like the the little guys, you know. I think it'd be dope to see. No, like like Evolution two point dude. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so they they uh, they have like they I guess he's gonna give them the answer next week. So we'll see. Yeah, like There's... assuming they pulled the trigger on this, it's almost kind of like an I was thinking it's almost like an opposite outsiders thing where that was sort of like these established stars teaming up with like the most established star and then like not really putting anyone younger with them to like get over. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas this is like kind of very much tuned to be about like you know this is about like taking these younger stars under our wing and making them you know vicious killers in the ring yeah I, I like the dynamic and you know danielson is upset that he you know 
couldn't beat Hangman. He needs he he needs to figure out something else. I think it I think it's cool. I think it has a lot of I think what this what they're doing here is has a lot of potential. This is a good seed planted, so I'm excited to see where it goes. I wonder if that will play into uh one of these debuts. So there's three debuts next week? Uh seemingly oh. yes. There's a forbidden door debut, uh, which would assume that that's someone that's in another company and um, I'll actually pull up Tony Khan's second tweet about that because he uh, says some interesting things uh, that the Forbidden Door can be open for anyone from any wrestling promotion in the world, whether or not it's a company AEW is on good terms with. So that's, you know, suggesting potentially WWE and even further clarifies this by saying, even if it's someone from a company that's open for business, they're also welcome to slam the door in the face of their prior company. How does that even work? I don't know. Uh, I mean, like, that's, like, I mean, obviously there's some contract issues if it's from right. WWE. And, like, I mean, it almost feels like a direct reference to someone like a Mustafa Ali who uh, is very publicly sort of feuding with the company over the state of his contract. I wonder if it could be, and I, this is a really big long shot because this has obviously worked, but, like, if it could be somebody that has one of these companies like in breach of contract or, and they can get out of their contract mm. or it's somebody that's still under their 90 days. Cause I think you can for, if I'm not mistaken, I think some people that get released can forego their 90, 90 day, com- no compete clause. They just give up their paycheck. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's, and accurate. then, so that would be insane if somebody was like, fuck the 90 day, no compete clause and they show up. And that's what he means by slamming the door on their face. Like saying, I don't need your fucking money. Like that would be crazy. So maybe that's what it means. I don't know. It's very intriguing though. Um, yeah, it's for sure. And it's definitely, it'll definitely keep us on the edge of our seats uh, come uh, Wednesday. The other, the other day, de- the other debut that they teased, uh, there's a mystery part opponent for Isaiah Cassidy in a qualifying match for their ladder match at, the, at their next pay-per-view. And, Man, the speculation is crazy, but we were guessing earlier. Um, I'm guessing it's going to be my my guess is Jeff Hardy, and they're going to throw him it. right into that ladder match. They're going to throw him straight in there. Well, and that would give you something really interesting for like the HFO, which is kind of like and like you, it builds up a little bit on this show as well. But you know, we've kind of seen Matt Hardy kind of tease that like you know he's you know he hasn't been enjoying too much personal success, and he's kind of sick of like you know his goons so to speak not really you know he's not really living vicariously through them anymore so this could definitely be something that like builds in that storyline and kind of give them like finally something to really make this like an interesting group again oh my god yeah the hfo couldn't be it's that's one of the worst parts of aw right now i can't fucking stand seeing lame ass matt hardy come out being fucking like just nothing like it's i've I, there's oh it's one of the worst things in all of wrestling right now is the hfo and not necessarily all the guys in it because i like butcher in the blade i like private party i see a lot and i and uh and mark quinn and uh but matt hardy i don't know it's just so cringe but i know cringe. i understand the value of having somebody like a veteran like that in the locker room helping these guys at the same time but every time i hear that awful music play <laughs> i i just oh i hate it i hate it I did want to add real quick that, like, there's some value, not just in, like, what he brings behind the locker room, but, like, I remember when we've kind of watched AEW, like, kind of randomly with, like, other people that you were talking to, like, or you were gaming with or whatever, 
they'll know who Matt Hardy was because they're like this lapsed fan. So I think that like having people True. like Matt Hardy and like all these other people who've been around forever, it's cool for them saying like, oh yeah, I remember, you know, watching this guy so many years ago, um, either in the Hardy brothers or something else. But like, I think that there's definitely a lot of value into that as like a viewer experience. What did you think about this uh, Matt Hardy uh, faction uh, coming back to, to start to watching again, Brose? I think I don't really, you know, it's I don't not a huge fan of Matt. Not gonna lie, uh, never was. I was never. I was always, you know, a big Jeff Mark. I think everyone was. Um, and I think Matt reinventing himself in like you know the the Impact days was really dope. But this this version of him, I'm just like, you know what? This is this is like some weird early two thousands like bullshit. And I don't like it. Um, I think Private Party's dope. Um. But that's like I, I don't really know much about the butcher and the blade, um, but yeah, it's 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 not exactly my cup of tea, you know. It's not I'm not I'm not I'm not buying it too much. I will say I kind of enjoyed this group more when it formed at first. Like I think there was like a cool uh, storyline with like Matt trying to like you know get a hangman into like this exploitative contract and whatnot. And I thought that had a fun payoff and whatnot. I enjoyed him on Impact as well when they uh, were doing the whole crossover thing with them. But yeah, I agree. They haven't really done anything interesting in a while. But like bringing in a Jeff Hardy might actually like kind of reinvigorate that group and make it more interesting in a way that I don't think like adding Andrade to it just kind of muddies the waters. But we'll see if, if we could. There's a lot of directions they can go, and I'm curious to see what they take. All right, let's move along here on the next uh, the next segment. Yeah, oh, what a segment this, this was. One. Um. <laughs> So, uh, to kind of recap, so Brandy Rhodes is, like, already in the ring, kind of has, like, this weird crowd reaction, (laughs) and then she, like, kind of buries it, she confuses Chicago of Cleveland, the crowd's really, she might have had, like, the most heat on the entire show, to be honest. Then Dan Lambert, of all people, comes out to wondrous applause and cheers. (laughs) For, like wanna, their top heel. Before you continue, I want to. I want to like since this is probably Brose's first time seeing Dan Lambert, right? Yeah. And uh, and Brandy Rhodes doing her thing. I want to. I gotta hear your thoughts. I gotta hear your thoughts before we say anything. It was cr- like I was taken aback. I think that's the best statement I could use by by this dude. I don't. I've never seen him before. I don't know anything about him, and he's just absolutely ripping into her. And then just like talking about her bolt on, you know, and dude, it was, it was entertaining. I'm not going to lie, but it was also like, holy shit, what, what is going on right now? And then, and then, you know, who comes out and like, that was dope and we'll get into like that. But I think it was, it was like shock television and I haven't seen it in a while. So it's kind of cool. It was like some straight up, like talk show, Jerry Springer fucking lowbrow shit. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, Um, I thought it was very entertaining, I guess, like, to kind of finish this. So, like, he comes out, like, just buries her, buries her husband, buries her job, uh, basically everything Cornette has said about them, buries the reality show, um, points out a few things about her that are fake. Um, (laughs) Then she kind of goes at Ethan Page, saying that they only hired him to get closer to Josh Alexander. I mean... Come on. No, okay. Nobody (laughs) fucking wants Josh, Josh Alexander, okay? He's not a bad wrestler, but man, I can't think of anybody like. Well, I, I there's a lot of could. impact. Well, a lot. There's there, you know there's, a few dozen people that watch Impact that are really big on him. 
he's he's not bad, but he's so dorky looking. He wears the fucking wrestling like the like the amateur wrestling helmet, and I think that looks so dorky. And uh, maybe he's wearing it for safety or whatever. But holy crap, it's dorky. What I. I but, can you watch Ethan Page in AEW and think like this is just like you know? Oh, I wish Josh Alexander. Yeah, I wish like, Josh Alexander was here. No, no, he's nobody one of the, cares. Like he's honestly one of their best. Like Ethan Page is honestly like one of the highlights of their programming, and he was a highlight of this segment too. Like I, I went back and watched mm-hmm. it, and he's like the way he's reacting to it. The crowd keeps chanting like "Shut the fuck up" at Brandy whenever she talks, and he's just like soaking it in. Like a great character and what work from him and whatnot. Um, I'll need to go back and do that. So. The before uh before you continue, um, Dan Lambert. Let's talk about Dan Lambert and who he is really sure. quick. Sure, because you representing the uh, the Laps fan coming back, uh, Rose. Mm-hmm. Like um, I know that's important to like talk about who this fuck who the fuck this guy is. Um, he's uh he runs a gym called for American Top Team. Like he I know American a lot Top of, Team. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I know he, like the UFC the UFC yeah. like side of that though. Yeah, he. He's he's the he's that guy. So he's the guy that, like behind all of that. Um loves wrestling. Um and has he an insane also, belt collection. Yeah, he loves pro wrestling. Um he's really old school, great on the mic, obviously, like stellar on the mic even. But he he cut his teeth um working in Impact. So they first did like this storyline in Impact Wrestling um that was really good when Bobby Lashley was there and they feuded with Bobby Lashley and Moose. And it was very similar. Like they had like all the MMA guys integrated onto the show and stuff like that. So he's been on AEW for a minute, cutting these promos, just being a good heel. And uh, now they're mixing. He believes his his whole shtick is that he believes that uh, Scorpio Sky or Ethan Page should be challenging for the TNT title. His, he's saying that like Cody's getting like uh, um, unfair treatment, um, actually a uh, pre- preferential treatment rather. Yeah. You know, and he's he's been getting handed title shots after title shots, things like that. And Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are not. He actually has some legitimate like things that he's saying. Uh, it's really scary when you have like a, a a heel that has legitimate gripes because then you kind of make people like feel for them and you and back them and stuff like that. I think that's really scary. But that's who he is. Well, and, I, uh, I kind of want to add real quick that his general gimmick has been kind of. Um, mimicking a lot of like the criticism of AEW from people like Jim Cornette and whatnot, where he's just kind of like arguing that like, you know, everyone's like, this is like the company that's like answering your prayers and it's not like, this is kind of, you know, sort of like the Bush league garbage wrestling. Like he kind of doesn't like, you know, this stuff that's not fitting with like the old school um, aspects of wrestling and stuff like that. So that's kind of like the general like underlying character that he has and that sort of impacts you know the way that he views he shits on everything that they like yeah Yeah. he shits on he shits on everything that they that that aw fans like except in this Um, promo apparently in 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 a way he does it in a way that um that's that's realistic that some like disgruntled old vets are actually saying kind of thing so yeah so he goes on can continue mr mr uh dr destruction phd yeah, uh, so he uh, yeah, he goes on. Uh, they keep arguing. She tries to bury uh, American Top Team a bit. Um, said one of his top fighters was knocked out by Jake Paul. I don't know who that is off the top of my head. I'm sure someone who pays more attention to MMA does. Tyrone Woodley. Uh, she, okay. Is that who it was? There, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of inside baseball here, so it was hard yeah. to like, uh, she tries. Uh, she mocks uh, Amanda Nunes a bit. 
Uh, and then all this kind of leads out, which was, again, this was like, like you said, it was like this crash TV thing, but all this leads to uh, Paige Van Zant coming out uh, to attack Brandy before, you know, the locker room comes out to break them up. And I watched this again, and this was just a funny little detail, but the locker room, when they, it was like five people came out, all of the brunettes came out to, like, hold back Brandy, and then all the blondes went to hold back Paige Van Zant. So it was like oh this weird like symmetry thing. I was like, <laughs> it was just a weird little detail. I was like, huh? They probably they could have done that. They could have done that yeah. backstage when they were putting together the uh, the pull apart, and they're like, oh, like instead of like having people have like a number and ones do this and ones do that, and like yeah. that's crazy. Oh my god. Okay. But yeah, so that seems to be the direction that they're going, and I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see where it goes, but I don't feel like Brandy should really be anyone's debut match. We could be like shocked. We could like we could be absolutely blown away. We could and be, yeah. all the, like Brandy could have like been secretly training really hard, and all of a sudden she's insane. I don't see it. I thought she looked <laughs> she looked so bad, like trying to fight, and uh, when they were holding her back, she was doing that like like a swimming thing where she's trying to get out there and stuff like yeah. that. It looks so bad. <laughs> um, she looked like she's never been in a fight in her life. And it didn't look like she, anybody was trying to hold her back at all. Paige Van Zandt looked legit. Well, she yeah. And I think awesome. these, these MMA guys uh, and gals uh, in her case all have like this just air of legitimacy to them, like regardless of whatever, wherever their in ring works at, but she did look really good. Do you, is this, does this make you excited for anything that they were doing, Brose? Dude, I love Paige. I, I've lo- I've loved Paige for a while. I used to watch when I was big into UFC. I would watch her all the time, and I think uh, I, I'm not a huge Brandy fan. Obviously, she's not the greatest, uh, you know, in the ring or on the mic or uh, anywhere. But I, <laughs> I, I'm just happy to see Paige doing something. You know. You know, I was yeah. thinking this uh, crossed my mind uh, as you've been talking about this, Brose, because I didn't realize that you like knew the MMA side that well. Uh, we should probably go back and show you some of the uh, um, previous programs that Dan Lambert did, particularly with the Inner Circle, where they had a, a multi-man match that they actually had several MMA guys in the match. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was actually not bad. And you, you know, you know, to, to Brandy's credit, this was shit. Like her fucking promo was so bad. But Brandy has had some killer promos in the past. Including her last one with uh, Dan Lambert, where uh, yeah, she she can she can actually like have a good promo. I don't know. I, I don't know what like what was different about this time than last time. But some of the stuff she was trying to say, like I said, too much inside baseball yeah. and like too many weird references that nobody cares about. And it's well, like, and, like Lambert was doing it a little bit, but like it was stuff that like fans would you know, know, right? Like you yeah, know exactly. what Rose. Like if you haven't watched Rose at the top, you at least know because they promote it on the show that it's a thing. Yeah. There wasn't exactly. anything that felt like, oh, because I'm this, I mean, and we are people who know a little bit the business a bit better, but I didn't feel like it was so much like that harder to get, but the Brandy stuff definitely felt like really weird inside baseball stuff. Yeah. So what do we have next here? Uh, there's a quick bit. Uh, Matt Hardy um, kind of promotes the match on Rampage between Sammy Guevara right. and Isaiah Cassidy. Uh, and right. then we go into... Uh, Malachi Black and Brody King, the uh, House of Black, the was it the Kings of the Black Throne, the Knights yeah. of the Black, whatever they're <laughs> called, uh, versus Pac and uh, Penta El Zero Miro. This was awesome. You want to start us off, Rose? Oh, it was dope. Uh, the opening with with Pac 
and him being blindfolded folded as much as you know you could probably see through that it was so the visual was incredible well, and they, um, it really helped that they had, like, Alex Abrahantis, like, leading him to the ring. Like, he has his hand on his shoulder to, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> walk oh, in there. So it's, like, really putting that. over that he's blind. <laughs> I it didn't was, even notice. It was really, really cool visual to start off the match. And, you know, I, I love Pac. I've always been a, be- a big fan of Pac. Even when he was, like, before he was Neville or whatever. Mm-hmm. Adrian mm-hmm. Neville. Yeah. Um, I think it was just cool to see him and uh, and Malachi Black in the ring against each other again because like that's something you see you know in 2000 and 2011 like british indies that that's a that's the match that's that's opening every fucking card <laughs> so i think it was just it, it was it was really well done all four of them can just fucking go oh yeah and it was incredible match uh the the finish the fin what was the finish i can't remember um the uh, it's the, Mal- it was, uh, malachi sprayed the mist into Penta's eyes, and then they hit him with uh, what do they call it? Dante's Inferno. Is that what they called oh, it? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Sick, where he like gets him up for the suplex, but tosses him to Brody King. Brody King hits him with the power slam. The power slam. One, yeah. two, three. Yep. Yeah. And sick dude, move. solid match. Great match. Cool. Yeah. The visuals were insane. I thought it was awesome. One thing I have to take away. I like to play devil's advocate sometimes. Match was fucking stellar. It was. I. I. I love. Uh, Brody King and I love Malachi Black. Love Pac. Again, I agreed with you. The, the the visual was awesome with the blindfold and then like uh um uh, Malachi was like waving his hand in front of Pac's face and stuff, <laughs> and he was just not moving the whole time. And then he went for the freaking clothesline and then Pac ducked it and they did he did a bunch of spots in that blindfold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then took it off and like he did this really cool part, like this really sm- this really cool detail where when he took off the um the blindfold uh, I don't remember if it was Brody or Malachi. One of them tried to rush in. He didn't flinch, and yeah. he he just stood there staring at the hard cam like a badass. And uh, he did that because like the little detail is that it enhanced his vision. Like he trained, it's like he trained his vision. Like he went through this for, like transformation. So like he was not worried about that at all. He knew it was coming. Didn't give a fuck. And it, that was such a cool little detail. But the devil's advocate part, I I, I want to say is like. I like I like like I said I like Brody King and I like Malachi Black, and I think that they're given a lot of creativity with what they do, which is amazing. But I also think that there needs to be some consistency with what they do. They did not know if they did not know if they should call them the House of Black, which is what they've been calling them up to this point. Mm-hmm. Then they had on the on their lower third it said Knights Knights of what is, I don't even remember what it said Knights of, Knights the, of the Black Throne Knights of the yeah. Black Throne and then they were calling them Kings of the Black Throne on commentary and I think like, there was a one week where it might have been the Black Thorn too okay um, like well graphic but yeah either way there's no consistency on what they want to call themselves and what they're doing they had different music and like what was like. I feel like at this point, Malachi Black's music was really good. It's really good, and it's like kind of iconic with them now. Mm-hmm. Like, just keep that music. Just keep the music. I get that they're a tag team, and you can give them something different, but like some consistency with their creativity would go a long way for, for them, for me. Like, because then you're like, what the fuck is going on when they're coming out? Different music. Their name is just disarray. Like, figure out what they're going to be called so everybody can call them that. Keep it simple. And fucking keep the same music. That's just that's my opinion on that. I agree wholeheartedly with that. In one hundred percent, definitely not a hot <clears throat> take at all. So good stuff. And what was next here? 
Um, Adam Cole does another brief promo. Uh, we'll talk about his one on Rampage, but basically this is sort of the thing that leads up to it, where he's just kind of like, he didn't lose to uh, anyone, even though, because, you know, last week's match didn't count because it was, you know, unsanctioned. Uh, then we had uh, Nyla Rose versus Ruby Soho. Uh, okay. This took a while to kind of get going, but, like, I can't think, you know, kind of the story here was there's, like, this botch near the end where I think... Nyla was supposed to do something dirty, and she just didn't, but Ruby, uh, um, I can't remember what her kick is called, but she... She bumped for it anyways. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she didn't She didn't make it, she just bumped for it, and then uh, Nyla finishes her with the Beast Bomb, and because there wasn't that interference, it was essentially a clean win. What were your takeaways from this match, Brose? Honestly, uh, I, it was, it was, it was fine. It wasn't, you know, the, the best match I've ever seen in my life, obviously, but, um... Definitely that that botch kind of we, we we rewinded it a couple times to watch it. It was really um, funny, <laughs> and it definitely uh, took the air out a little bit. And um, I think the finish was was wasn't it Vicky pulling uh pulling uh Ruby down? And no, she then, just fell down. I mean, it might have been that, that was, earlier, that, but to lead into okay. it, but yeah. Yeah, and then like you know, sent on off the top because Nyla's just a fucking beast, and yeah. um, hits her with the beast bomb was, and one two three. We talked. Yeah, we talked. It wasn't bad at all, but it was. It was also you know the botch kind of kind of affected it. We talked a little bit last week about um about like having legit women in their, in their division and stuff like that compared to you know like a Charlotte or something like that. Mm-hmm. What did you What did you think about the star power and how uh, Nyla and Ruby Soho came off in this match. Ruby definitely has an aura, you know, uh, mm-hmm. when she came out and like the crowd's going crazy and they had the dude from Rancid there. And that's kind of like, you know, a little bit of a little bit of celebrity rub there. Well, I think the song um, in general just really helps. Um, and true. Like, AEW really knows how to use music to help kind of enhance their stars. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I think Ruby can can be huge because I she she can go. She can talk. I just I'm I'm a, I've always been a a Heidi Lovelace mark, <laughs> um, so I think uh, I think they have something special with her, and if they use her properly, she can be massive. And what did you think about Nyla Rose and the fact that she won? I wanted Ruby to win. Yeah, I wanted I Ruby you. to win. Um, I think if they if if Nyla just we talked about it while we were watching, but if Nyla worked a different style, just like a like an yeah. Aja Kong or an Awesome Kong style, I think she could like it could be it could it could change her matches drastically, and um yeah her going over I don't know how I feel about it I, I just wanted Ruby to win, I feel you I I agree with that like we were talking about last night a little bit that um Nyla is not bad she's not bad at all no, in not fact at all. she's she's gotten a lot better than when AEW started and I think she's pretty good I think her big problem is that she doesn't work her size and her strength like she wants to do cool stuff and she's selling too much for people and um yeah she should well, just... I think she can still do the cool stuff I think it's just like kind of like the selling and maybe a few other things well and... you have to you have yeah. to pick your when, when you're when you're somebody like that you have to pick your spot and you have to like you can do the cool stuff, but you shouldn't do it as often in a match. Sure. And you sure as hell shouldn't be fucking selling for people that are way smaller than you. Like you just should you just shouldn't. Like it like I think that you're right. Like that would take her to the next level. If she wrestled just a more fucking mean style, 
like uh, maybe not Brock Lesnar or something like you know how Brock Lesnar doesn't like he doesn't give for anybody that's way smaller than him but when he does give them their spots it's a big deal mm-hmm. and like man if she wrestled closer to like that man she'd be insane like she'd be so good so I don't know I, I don't know if there's somebody telling her like there that's like hey stop doing that or something like that but she has improved quite a bit since um since AEW started and I I, I think Nyla's pretty good yeah. All right, they need they they need to push her though. They need to push her big time. And I guess this beast bomb was a big deal. So, um, but that botch was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up might have been the highlight of the uh, of all of AEW this week. <laughs> the Gun Club came out. Oh yeah, <laughs> to Jungle Boy. Um, oh, they were backstage. Yeah, they're backstage, they could... and they're like, "Oh, look, it's Jungle Boy." And then they're like, "Oh, you know, they're being the Jungle Book." Um, I think uh, was it? I can't remember the. The actual like is I can't remember if it was Bill uh, Austin or Colton, but they're like, oh, you know, like bare necessities and whatnot. And then they just immediately attack Jungle Boy. <laughs> they throw him against the door. They take him out the side. They <laughs> throw him into a snowbank. Um, and then they just like do like the silliest like runaway Run- ever. Yeah. Like <laughs> it was, was classic. This was so good, and we watched it multiple times. It was it was so funny and like just good pro wrestling like this is how you do pro wrestling comedy and exactly. uh, like it's it's not so like on the nose comedy but it is like really funny and like billy gunn is just he's so good he's so good like some of these guys like you don't rec- you don't appreciate when you're younger you like the more flashier characters or whatever or like the people that do crazier stuff but like like the work and believability that Billy Gunn brings, and maybe I'm just noticing it now, or maybe he's just on like a stride. He's so good. He's so damn good. So they come up, they're like their heels, like you you recapped it already, but they're heels and they're they're just they're really funny heels, and they're like, hey Jungle Boy, they tell a cheesy joke, and then Jungle Boy, you know, being the baby face that he is, starts fighting, and then like the little stuff that Billy Gunn does just like does not react, beats the shit out of Jungle Boy, and he's like, he's like are you kidding me? Like, couldn't believe that he fought him. <laughs> they take him outside, toss him in the snow, which was really funny, and there you could hear this, like, oof, like, whenever yeah. Jungle Boy rolls over the yeah. snow. It's so funny. And then, like, then the um, then the other baby faces show up to uh, to back up Jungle Boy, and they're like, oh, shit, shit, and they get out of here, and they run down, the, they run <laughs> trying not to slip on the ice, like, all the way down the street, and it's just, it's so good. Well, it's it was just, just such it a was... perfect piece of pro wrestling right there. And the run was just so cartoonish looking, right? Like, you know, yeah, it just really felt was. like this, like, Roadrunner type run. It was great. The whole thing was great. I think they're going to lean into, like, being, like, a sillier but, like, good tag, like, a, like, like faction. Because those, uh, Danhausen made made the ass boys because, like, he calls uh, the sons of Billy Gunn ass boys. You know, because of uh, Billy yeah, Gunn's, like, pass as Mr. Ass and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh... You know, they they were like, "Stop calling us that. We hate it." And like Dan Hasen just keeps doing it, and so they made it like a thing. So I, I heard that they tried to uh, one of the one of the uh, one of the kid one of the which one of one of the gun guys he they uh, trademarked the name Ass Boys. That would be insane if they freaking started coming out as the Ass Boys. That'd be insane. They should lean well, they, into well, it they, just they, like they their put dad it did. over that they got the rights to it so that they could sue anyone who calls them that. So that's one hundred percent gimmick. That's one hundred percent leading to something yeah. with Dan Hasen down the road. You think so? I think so too. What did you think? What did you think of this, Brose? I thought it was great, dude. It was it was just fun to watch it. You know, it, it, you don't have a lot of like fun things to watch in wrestling. You know, 
Oh, and that that whole segment was great. I've always been a huge fan of Billy Gunn. Like I remember when I was younger, getting in trouble for singing his theme song uh, from my mom. <laughs> like, I'm an ass man, and she's just like, "What did you just say, oh, dude?" I lo- I've always loved Billy Gunn. I love everything that he's ever done. Uh, maybe not everything, but yeah, uh, it was dope. It was really fun to watch. <laughs> That's th- that song is so weird. I remember like listening to the lyrics when I was a yeah. kid. Yeah, and it's like he's like, I love to get behind him and stick him and shit like that. I'm like, what the fuck did they just say? Yeah, like the stick him. Like what the what What is he talking about? Oh my god! And like, (laughs) yeah, and and then there's like a little part in it. It's really stupid, but there's like a little part part in it where he goes like, and I'm like, what is he saying? Like, I still to this day don't know what he's saying right there. He's like mumbling. It's so weird. It's such. I'll have to show you later, but it's so weird. Um. Yeah, this was great, but yeah, it was just a small segment, and it brought us a lot of joy. Yeah, and then we had a couple other small segments right before the main event. Uh, Hangman called out Lance Archer. Um, Dan Lambert comes back out. Uh, it's a little weird that like Dan Lambert's like part of this group, in my opinion, especially given that like they keep it very separate mm-hmm. um, from the like other like you know um, what's the, what is the Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky's group called again? Men of the, the, the Men of the Year. Yeah, Men of the Year. Um, but yeah, so him uh, and Jake Snake Roberts cut some promos on Paige. Um, then uh, Archer comes out. They fight a little bit. Uh, Paige takes a chair shot from Lambert. And then um, Archer just starts, like, beating the shit out of him. Hits him on the uh, stairs, which looked pretty brutal. And that's leading into their death match, Texas death yeah. match next well, he week. Well, he, he gives him the Texas Tower Bomb through that table, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. What does he call it now? I don't know what he calls it now. Call him up. <laughs> yeah okay um yeah i don't remember what he calls it what's it called the blackout or something like that I don't yeah remember, it's uh yeah. yeah the blackout blackout slam uh, yeah um he is that i think it's cool they're gonna they're building up this texas death match and pretty stoked about it it's it's clear that that lance is just a strong challenger for him to have uh mm-hmm. in, in the meantime i know i don't it, it's got to be mjf for the title right oh I mean, we'll, we'll get to that i guess yeah yeah yeah, yeah um so yeah, we had that cool little segment. What do we have next? Oh, uh, the inner uh, circle. Yeah, just a quick little bit. With the inner circle. Jericho comes out. He's mad at uh, um, Satan and Ortiz because they seem to side with Eddie Kingston over him. So they're having a big team meeting next week. Don't really have a whole lot to say about that. We'll you know comment on that next week. And then the main event: MJF for CM Punk. Uh, yeah, I don't have any thoughts on the Chris Jericho stuff. It's whatever that 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 gimmick is just run really dry and it's time for those people to do something else it really is yeah 100 <sighs> percent. this um this main event oh my gosh uh it was so good it started off pretty slow and i guess yeah. that's because they were going to give him a lot of time and stuff but man um i would have liked to see you know uh mjf be a chicken shit but at the same time they presented mjf on the same level as cm punk from the start mm-hmm like going toe to toe with him, like this was built. This was custom built for MJF to get over and make MJF, and it was so fucking good. Um, yeah, so the match is kind of divided into two parts. Um, the first part, as you said, like was pretty slow, almost too slow um, at times. Uh, but the the finish for it was actually really cool and inventive when MJF took a little bit of tape and started like garroting CM Punk and then disguising it behind a sleeper. And that knocks CM Punk out. The ref spots that, and then it restarts the match. And then it really picks up from there. Uh, we get a lot of cool spots. 
uh, Punk hit like this insane poison Rana that we were sure like must have like injured him the way he like need himself in the face. Oh yeah, need himself yeah. in the face, landed and, yeah, landed really on his awkwardly. neck, uh, his head fucking bent all fucking crazy. It was crazy. And he even whips out uh, everything that he had teased. Right, the elbow drop, the Pepsi plunge of all things. He pulls that off in the, the second punch. half. The ten the punch. T- well, he went for what? Did he? He did twenty, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he went for like a full twenty. It was like a really, just really good story. It was very old school. Like he went for things and and it got foiled every time. And then the pay, like that made the payoff for every time he actually did hit something. Like the like the elbow drop got a big pop. The twenty punches were just awesome. He was fired yeah. up. He finally got MJF in that corner and just started wailing on him. It was so good. And then um, yeah, the, the, yeah, this is like what took the match from being like kind of just there to being like really a classic. Hmm. Uh, the finish was like, well, there was two finishes really. So MJF, uh, grabs some tape. He grabs the tape and hides it in his arm. And like, he's holding the tape with his other arm. So he puts him in like a full sleeper and CM Punk was selling it so good. Like pointing to his, pointing to his neck saying like, but he couldn't talk like the, the idea is he couldn't talk. He's yeah. being choked out. So he couldn't talk and they sold this perfectly. And then MJF beat him. And obviously by cheating and stuff like that, the ref catches on and that was just like, that was one of the most like unique ways to cheat I've ever mm-hmm. seen. And maybe it's been done before. I've never seen it before, but I'm sure it, maybe it's been done somewhere before. These guys are both like students of the game. So maybe they've seen it before. Um, that was cool. So they restarted the match. And then the second finish was pretty much the same thing. MJF cheats to win and people are freaking like they're blown away. Like, they couldn't believe that CM Punk just lost twice in his hometown. That was mm. crazy. It was crazy. The second the second finish with Wardlow, dude, that was that was really cool because, like, we didn't really notice initially, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, like, I kind of like, noticed oh, you see a little bit of movement in his arm. Mm-hmm. But, like, but, like, the camera's very careful, so you don't get to see most of it. But then they show after the finish. Exactly. 100% that he gave him the ring. But you also kind of yeah. see MJF, like, kind of clutching and, like, his stomach in a way that like he clearly has something. I think mean, you can see him like shove it down his trunks too after yeah. he hits him. And yeah. dude, that that was so cool because it's like when you're watching on TV, you don't you don't see any of that. Like people yeah. live crowd though, like right at, right in front yeah. there, like oh he's cheating, he's cheating. Yeah. And, when they uh, were they were a big part I'm of like, that first finish too. They were like pointing it out, like you could see yeah. them really get it, and they could see like and you know, the ref Bryce was like Lindbergh selling what, what, what? it, like what's yeah. going on? Wait, like what? yeah, something's not right here. Yeah. And then Dude, it drops, and it's like, oh. I was, I was with you. I'm with you on that too, Brose. Like, I didn't notice it. They, they had Wardlow come out. Wardlow's been having his like, uh, they've been building a falling out with MJF and Wardlow. So Wardlow comes out, and he gets face to face with CM Punk. It's really intense, and they're just staring at each other for a while. The camera's tight in on their, on their, on their face off. So you don't really notice what's going on, and you're just wondering, oh my god, is this where? Wardlow backs up CM Punk, or is this where, or is, or is something else go? Is he gonna fuck up CM Punk, or what's happening here? And then he just gives up, and then people actually popped for Wardlow not attacking him. Like yeah. I heard that part, people popped, and they, mm-hmm. like the people that didn't notice that he passed the ring, like they popped, and they're like, "Oh, so Wardlow's not, you know, maybe he's like coming around or something like that." And then, sure enough, that finish happened. That was such. It was brilliant. It was brilliant TV. It, is, it interweaves like all of these stories, like with you know the Punk uh, MJF thing, the MJF Wardlow thing, um, 
and I guess, you know, Punk, uh, Wardlow as well, I think that's definitely going to lead to a match at some point as well. Um, and yeah, this was, I mean, this was really good. What were your thoughts coming out of that, Brose? Oh, it, was, it, was, it was great TV, honestly. They gave him so much time, uh, which was nice, uh, and, and all of them just... Punk and MJF are just so good, you know? They're just so good. They know how to go. They know how to orchestrate a match, and just every turn every every payoff it was great seeing the seeing the pepsi plunge dude oh that was nuts they even put it over on commentary 17 years then like jared corrected like over a decade so it might not have been quite 17 but yeah they they, they put it over the like this is something that he has not whipped out in years and he's he's never done it okay so he's never done it in wwe there's never yeah never ever ever the last time he might have, like, he possibly have done it. I mean, we were talking about last night was his last show in Ring of Honor. Yeah, was, so, uh, what's his, which, um, which was like what 2006? Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's crazy. Who's that with is, James? Uh, James Gibson, right? Uh, well, he lost the title to James Gibson, but then he had another match the uh, the the next night on. Um, he had the, he had a match the next night where he said goodbye with Colt mm-hmm. Cabana. Oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, oh. we kind of talked a little bit about this too, but like you know, everything that was like teased in the match happened except for the GTS. Punk was never able to pull that off because he was selling, um, uh, I think, both an arm and a knee later um, because of the mm-hmm. way they worked the match and just selling that stuff. So like, I mean, this was definitely built, in my opinion, to like do a rematch down the road. Like you didn't get everything that you could get out of these guys. But Absolutely. You still got a really yeah. good match. Wow. They protected the GTS. Yeah. They, that they a hundred percent that I, I feel like that was going to be a pay-per-view match. Like they're going to lead to that pay-per-view match. Like maybe like, but they have, I mean, in the record books, it's not going to be two wins for MJF, but MJF's going to tout that he beat him twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, logically, it seems like MJF's in line for a title shot with hangman. So maybe that's the pay-per-view match. Yeah, I, um, I think, um, yeah, and I've got, like, thoughts on MJF and the title. I think he definitely should have that title match soon, but I personally wouldn't have him win it until, like, nearing the end of, like, his current contract, just because he's been putting over this whole bidding war thing. And, like, I know that's kind of been done with, like, CM Punk and, like, the Summer of Punk and whatnot, but I think that would, like, really fit with MJF's character and whatnot. At, for- at the same time, you got to pull the trigger on this kid at some point, and, like, even though he's really young and he's still kind of up and coming, they've, they've built him so strong in a good way and like you got to give him that first title shot or title reign at some point and man you know what dude putting putting the title on a heel right now would be so good for the championship i love hangman he's a good champion like the story to getting there was really good but i think it's very obvious that people are starting to kind of like cool on hangman because you know like i said like we've i've always said it's about the chase they need to put the title on a heel right now i think I mean, he hasn't he hasn't had the title that long, so I'm I'm willing to give him more time with uh, Hangman and whatnot. I think that a lot of it's just sort of the way that TV times divided up. I think getting Hangman out there more often, like he doesn't need to be defending the title every night. That's not really what you should be doing with a world title, in my opinion. But he should be at least out there, you know, getting challengers and stuff like that. And we have one of Archer right now, um, but I think that they definitely need to keep that momentum after that death match. One thing I'd like to see is like I know that WWE used to do this a lot, and I think it was really good. Is like if your champion's going to be on the show, they need to talk about that how they're there. Like the champion is here, he's here, he's here. Oh my god, the world champ is here, or Hangman is in the building, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
like make it a big deal that your champion is there like he's the world fucking champion and as prestigious as a title is they don't have it like whore, they're not they don't whore out the title and i think that's really good but they also need to like make it a big deal when the when the world champion is around they shouldn't treat it like just another feud like even though it's 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 good and they're doing a good job of building lance versus hangman like it, this is your world title this is your world fucking title like just it should be the biggest thing on the show like most presented thing on the show absolutely i feel like cm punk is probably the most like all his stuff is the probably the most presented stuff on the show right now and he's not world champion so yeah I would and i get i get i get why they do it because he yeah because he's a big he's a big draw he's like he's a big star and everything but it's taught you gotta you gotta put your champion on that same level you have to put him on the same level so people see them as the same level in my opinion for sure so that was dynamite um i guess we could probably move on to rampage now right yeah, yeah, let's say, let's talk about Rampage. All right, so the opening match, uh, Adam Cole versus Evil Uno. Uh, this match was pretty short. Uh, we, we were a couple minutes late, but I did go back and watch it. But it was pretty good for what it was. Um, they, work a, um, they work a pretty good style together, but the real, high, the real story here is the promo that Adam Cole cut afterwards where he basically runs down through everyone he beat to get here and that he's still undefeated and just really like a really intense and passionate promo about how he's you know going to take over this company like he has everywhere else he's been yeah um i at, yeah adam cole doesn't really do much for me uh he's very i hate using this term because i don't really like the uh, vanilla midgets turn or anything like that and it's it's not his size that i don't like he is very vanilla to me but He's still very good, and he's still really good on the on the on on the mic. And when he was talking, we all shut up, like we sure. were all freaking dead silent, like watching his excellent promo. He delivered it with like good delivery. He had like the right tone of voice. He was uh, loud when he was supposed to, and he got to the point. Like he hit every point he wanted to hit. This was a really stellar promo, like fucking yeah. good. And you know, I gotta give him credit on that, like. Just because I don't, he doesn't do anything for me doesn't mean he's not good. True. Yeah, I mean, personally, I mean, I've always, I've always been a big fan of Adam Cole to be honest. But uh, yeah, I mean, he even like shut up some of the people that we watch with who typically talks through everyone's promos too. So <laughs> yeah. that just shows, you know, kind of how good it was. You could tell he definitely commands a room, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how gigantic his head is, um, <laughs> I think, I think he when when pe- when he talks, people be quiet, and I think that's a great thing about him. His uh, his head is freaking massive. Like so it's, big. <laughs> it's so hard to unsee once you notice how big his his head is big. Like it's just, it's, it's like, oh my god! I like it's I don't even know. Mind, how to, dude. It's it's, 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 that, it's the forehead, but yeah, it's his I, head is really. I don't even know if it's the, it's like his whole head. It's like a big fucking balloon on the top of his shoulders. It's crazy. He's a big ass head. Definitely wouldn't have worked out if they actually <laughs> had him uh, shave his hair if he stuck with WWE. So then we got uh, Sammy Guevara versus Isaiah Cassidy for the TNT Championship. Uh, this was a pretty fun match, uh, really fast moving. Um, a bit of interference. Uh, Matt Hardy, um, I think, hit like a DDT or was it the straight up side effect on Guevara on the uh, apron? And then uh, at, at about halfway through, Andrade comes out, his music hits, uh, and he's just kind of watching the match. Um, seems disappointed when Isaiah loses. Um, I mean, obviously he's not part of the HFO or he's a like part owner or whatever of it. Um, 
So yeah, I don't know if this is like teasing that we well th- then uh they do go on to attack uh try to attack Sammy and then Darby makes the save and you obviously have like the Andrade Darby story going on too. Uh, we'll see where all this goes. There's a lot of interweaving things going on here. What are your thoughts, Brose, on this whole segment? The, the match was kind of just, it, it was good. It wasn't, it wasn't nothing wrong with it. Um, one thing that I really noticed was when uh, Darby was coming in for the save, just how fired up he was. And like the crowd loves him so much. Yeah, he always I, is. And I thought that was so cool. Darby's uh, it awesome. A, it was a cool visual, just him just on top of the ropes, just fucking screaming. Just, ah, dude, it was just, I, I really like that. Um, yeah, but the match was, you know, it was it was fine. Uh, you know, my opinions on Matt and yeah, yeah. it was good. We we kind of talked about HFO earlier. I want to know what the fuck is going on. Like the match was fine, like you said, it was it was okay, but what the fuck are they doing with Andrade? Where I want to know too. I want to know so. He's good. He's so good. He's and so like, good. One of the best on their roster, probably. What the fuck are they doing with him? I haven't seen him have a match. He's doing this fucking thing where he's calling Sting Stink. Like <laughs> he hasn't, had, yeah, he hasn't had a match in a while. He had that one of Cody, and then that was sort of the last time we've seen him in the ring, I believe. I just want to know what it's too much. It's too much. He's becoming part owner. Like, are they trying to tell like a corporate merger storyline? Like, it's so convoluted, and the, the everybody that's in Matt Hardy's uh, faction, like they're individually fine. But like it doesn't make sense why all of these people are together. Why are the butcher and the blade? I guess they're hired mercenaries or something like that. Yeah. But like, oh my god, dude, you could have butcher and the blade be hired mercenaries, but you could book them like the APA, just be badasses Ooh. that come out and beat ass. True. That's it. And like, oh, we need help. I need some backup. I fucking hired butcher and the blade, and they're fucking cool ass music hits. And you're like, oh shit. And like that would be sick. But this, the Hardy family office just needs to fucking, it just needs to die. I hate it. It's so bad. Bad, bad, bad. And then uh, we had we had a sort of a tease for Darby versus uh, Sammy for the TNT title. And I, yes. I don't really know what I think of this, to be honest, as a match. Well, I mean, they've had their matches in the past, and they're, they've always been really good. So I can't say anything bad about it. I love Darby. I think Darby needs to start moving towards the main event. But um, but he like you know his thing is going for like you said is going for the TNT title and whatever. Darby Darby's awesome. Darby's well, I'm sure fantastic. the match will be good. It's just that you kind of have like this two babyface things. Like I don't and I think Darby's more over than Sammy. Oh, so I mean like oh, maybe for sure. maybe this transition like I mean do you have like Sammy kind of like work more of it more as a heel? Like what do you do? Um, I'm you know I guess we'll find out. Probably I would soon. say. That- I would say that they would probably it's probably going to help Sammy get over as uh get over more as a character because it's going to present him on the same level as Darby. So But I don't know if that'll okay. just kind of inadvertently like kind of give like if if they don't intend for him to actually have a heel turn are people just going to be mad that he beat Darby who they like more. I don't think anybody's going to be mad because I think I think people are going to really enjoy it. like for this situation I think people are going to enjoy the match and be happy that they got a good match. I don't think that anybody's going to turn on anyone here. I don't think it's oh, that serious. Enough. Nobody's doing anything fucked up to each other. Nobody's going to probably probably nobody's going to do any gut like nut shots or anything like that. They're going to look <laughs> at it as like a competitive match and that's it. So yeah, fair enough. People will be bummed that their favorite or or, or lost or whatever, but it's not going to be like when Cody beat Sammy or anything like that where people were pissed. Sure, yeah. Like cuz cuz I guess in some in some ways people think that Cody's holding somebody back. 
Uh, that's their initial knee-jerk reaction. Darby's not holding anybody back. He's not at the same level as like a Cody right now. So um, he's more popular, obviously, but he's as far as like where he is, like he's not at the same level. So he's not going to be fucking over anybody if he wins. Same with Sammy. Sammy's not going to be fucking over Darby if he wins. So this is going to be a really good match. That's all it is going to be. Um, so then we have two more matches. Uh, Mercedes Martinez versus Funderosa. Uh, this was pretty good early. Funderosa was... Um, just really aggressive early, just going at um, Mercedes Martinez. But then it ends with a DQ when Martinez pulls out a pipe and hits her, uh, which leads to the post-match segment where it's revealed that Britt paid her off to do this. Um, and they said they'll have a rematch uh, where she better not lose. Um, so I'm kind of interested in seeing where this goes. Um, it seems like, at least for the time being, I mean, it seems like Mercedes is a, like more of a mercenary, but... Um, Britt's got, like, a four-person group now. I could see this maybe even leading to, like, a Blood and Guts match if Funderosa gets some friends. I think that could be a potentially a really interesting direction. Mar- Mercedes Martinez is freaking awesome. Yeah. Thunder Rosa is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, this was this was cool, and I'm excited to see them working together more. But when you if you have somebody that doesn't care about the win or the loss because they got hired and you do the DQ finish like that, which is fine for this situation, and they don't do, they really don't do DQs very much on AEW at all. Like, this might be the second in history, and uh, or third, maybe. And if you're going to do that, don't have her hit her once with the fucking pipe. Beat her Yeah, I, I was Beat a little surprised ass. that he was just, like, looking, yeah. that she was just looking over her afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just weird. Yeah, they should have they just had her fucking keep wailing on her with the pipe kicking her ass maybe even got some color right there like if you're gonna be hired to do a job like that then do the fucking job like that exactly you know that's in my opinion what do you think brose this match uh I, it was solid the finish the finish was understandable but also exactly how you said like she should have just went in she should have mm-hmm. went in and just just absolutely demolished her um if you're gonna be hired for something just get the job done um, but yeah, it was a solid match. I've always, I've always liked Mercedes Martinez. Mercedes Martinez, even when she was, you know, over in WWE, and they didn't do anything with her. Yeah. Um, this was not. It was my first time seeing Thunder Rosa. I've seen her on uh, uh, uh what was it? Uh, NWA, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they they're both incredible. And if they have like a real like. A real match down the line, I think it could be really, really good. I agree. I always have like when we're talking about like like she should have just went full in. Like I think about, I just think about like back in the day, Jim Ross going like he didn't care about lo- losing. He doesn't care about winning or losing. He just cares about hurting him. And then they're like ringing the bell, and there's just all this chaos and stuff like that. And like I wanted to, that that would have worked there. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. And. uh we got a uh, promo for Hook and QT Marshall. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh. Hook is just the man, dude. Yeah. Well, the that's, man. that's our debut that we're getting is uh, QT's student. Oh, that's right. That's another debut. Yeah. But that's going to be on Rampage, though, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So he's saying it's a student that nobody's ever seen before. I have no idea who it's going to be. Uh, Hook's probably just going to run through him. I and... imagine it'll be maybe a little bit more competitive just to kind of put over the... You, you think know, so? Maybe. We'll, we'll see. Um, but, I mean, the Hook matches have always been a highlight of any week that they've been on. Uh, Hook is awesome. 
QT is a really good foil for Hook. Uh, he's good on the mic. He's a really good wrestler, and it's just it's a it's a it's a really good just obstacle for Hook to yeah to uh, to get over while he's um, like while he's uh, being built. Period. Like that's all it is. It's just really solid pro wrestling storytelling right here. It's all it is. It's good. It's good shit. If you show somebody like all of Hook stuff and then the stuff that's happening with QT Marshall, you could be proud of like showing somebody some pro wrestling like that, like a storyline, like a real simple storyline that you mm-hmm. can really latch onto. For sure, uh, we did we did miss something uh, before oh. the Thunder Rosa Martinez match. Okay, uh, it was uh, Chris Statlander's promo. Oh yes, getting, oh. getting absolutely demolished by Layla Hirsch. Right, was, yeah. The visual was great. the The smack of the chair in her back. Oh my god, it was amazing. And then just that that knee strike. It was really simple. It was really. It was really well done, though, and I thought it was dope. Um, it was super cool to watch that. I was peeing during this, so I fucking missed it. Yeah. I, I meant to go back and watch it, but I forgot. But you, you guys the, yeah, put it, over it was to good. Me. Yeah, that was that was. It was right, a good I'm gonna go back and watch that. That's really sounds simple, freaking cool. Really, really cool to watch, and it was just it was what thirty seconds of the <laughs> of the show. It was great. It was great. Mm-hmm. These short segments have been amazing. The, the Billy Gunn stuff. Yeah, and then the... <laughs> yeah, they really have been. <laughs> uh yeah so then uh but yeah that was really good i think it really helped put over her uh character and whatnot too uh and then of course we had the main event of ricky starks versus jay lethal um i think all of us were pretty excited for this match and i think it definitely delivered uh, they had a yeah. decent amount of time for uh rampage at least um they got into a slapping fight exchange of punches and strikes um really good some sick reversals and whatnot um Powerhouse Hobbs uh, got a little involved, uh, but didn't really interfere. Then Dante uh, came out pretty much out of nowhere, ran through the ring, like leaped over the top rope and took him out. Uh, and then you have um, Ricky Starks uh, gets the win. I think he reversed the uh, Lethal's finisher into his own. I can't remember what Ricky Starks' yeah, finish is called. but The Rochambeau. The Rochambeau. Yeah, Rochambeau. Yeah. Ricky, oh my God, this was so... This is Ricky, I, I, I would, I, I want to know, like, who has better facial expressions in wrestling right now than Ricky Starks? <laughs> he's got that shit down. He, you know, he's, his gimmick is that you know he's absolute and he's he's absolutely great at everything he does. Yeah, I can't. I, I there's nothing about Ricky Starks that I say that's bad. I can't. I could not nitpick nitpick him at all. Yeah, he's someone Jaylen. I definitely want to see them pull the trigger on and put make a champion someday. I mean, besides absolutely. the FTW title, but and then dude. Jay Lethal, he just he's he he doesn't he doesn't not deliver. You know what I'm saying? Like he's mm-hmm. he's just so good at everything he does. And uh, dude, I I love Jay Lethal. And uh, the match was great. The height on the springboard that uh, that um, when he went Dante. for the lethal injection. Oh, that, oh, he, oh, that, that Dante, Dante. Yeah, yeah, Dante, Dante yeah. did. Oh, yeah, that was oh my god, that, that was, was crazy, incredible. That might have, was um, that your first time seeing Dante? That was my first time ever seeing him, and that was yeah. quite a way to see it, dude. It was dope. <laughs> yeah, Dante is a pretty next level high flyer. I I'm definitely excited to see more from I, all these guys. Honestly, oh, oh yeah, this is this was really solid stuff. And uh, I man, my favorite spot was uh, was Jay Lethal uh, going for the lethal injection and then getting like reversed and spiked like into that face buster oh, oh my yeah. god super that good. was so cool yeah oh, and, the, and the back-to-back suicide dives that was that was dope like him yeah it. and they're like oh you never call your shots 
You're never calling shots. And he, and he just hits both of them. I'm like, oh, it was so good. Yeah, amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. So that was Rampage. Um, we, we, we continued to watch some stuff. Uh, we watched... Um, there's there's all this buzz online right now on on Twitter and everything, and people are talking about uh, this match that Will Osprey had with this kid named Michael Oku, and it was on Rev Pro, and I was like, let's fucking watch it. So we put it on. It was awesome. It lived up to the hype. Uh, Meltzer gave it five stars. It was pretty freaking amazing. Uh, you can tell when Will Osprey wrestles. Will Ospre- I'm just gonna say it right now. I'm gonna fucking say this right now. Will Osprey, if he's not the best in the world right now, he's top three. Easy. Easy fucking peasy. Like, he is, he's that good. And when you see him wrestle on, like, this indie show, um, he looks like he's really trying to help a young guy like Michael Oku, like, see his potential and grow as a wrestler and put on just good matches for just any company that he works for. And it was, it was so fucking good. Um... We had fun watching it. I wish the quality was a little bit better, but it was really good. I, I'm, I'm okay with a little dirty quality being like a little punk rock kid myself. So, <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, – the match was incredible. The quality – I mean, I never thought I would say this about a wrestling company, but GCW has better production quality <laughs> than Rev Pro. Um, it, it, it's rough, this, particularly the lighting um, at times, particularly early, and the camera work um, – you know, I don't know how uh, Jake Manning managed it on five dollar wrestling, but talk to him about that. His his camera work was a lot better than whoever they had here. But production aside, the match was uh, really really good. Michael Oku, um, I don't know how like big he was before this. I mean, he was pretty difficult to find um, any information about, so probably not. But uh, this guy is um, on his way to being a star someday. I think uh, Osprey gave him a lot. He made him look like a star. Um, made him look like someone who was more or less on his level up until the finish. Um, but yeah, this was a really, really solid match. Um, if you're into, um, I, mean, I, I would, wouldn't tight, quite call it a spot fest. There was definitely psychology and storytelling behind it, but it definitely kind of leans more into that type of uh, indie style. Um, but it was very, it was really good. Good psychology. Osprey looked great. Michael Oku looked great. Fantastic stuff. The story was good too. He was like, crushing him at the end after he was, he was hanging with him and then as soon as osprey got like finally got the upper hand he like kind of tr- like the idea was that he was putting him in his place and then he was pissing off like uh the kid's family and like it was it was really freaking awesome one of, the, one of the reasons why i wanted to talk about this match though too is because uh there's been this twitter war going on between kenny omega and will osprey it's so obviously a work but there's so many people that are getting worked by it. There's so many people that are buying it. And um, they're like fighting online. I've even seen some fighting on Reddit and stuff. And I can't fucking believe that people are buying it. It's okay well, that it's people not are the buying first, it. It's not the first time they've done this either. You're right. And Kenny, Kenny, he wants to like... The reason what Kenny is doing, I can tell exactly what he's doing. When everybody was talking about Okada versus Will Osprey, because no, but not enough people are talking about Will Osprey being as good as he is. Like, not an, like it's not as like mainstream pro wrestling as when Kenny wrestled Okada and there was all that mm-hmm. hype. But when everybody was talking about that match, people were talking to Kenny the same way, but more in like a shoot way. Like Jim Cornette was talking shit about him, yeah. or we keep mentioning his name a lot, but um, 
people were like, oh, I can't believe people are saying that this is the greatest match of all time, blah, 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 bullshit, Ric Flair, blah, 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 this. He's doing exactly what those people are, were doing to Will Ospreay so people will talk more about it because people should be talking about Will Ospreay. He knows. He know, He's not stupid. One of, his, one, of, one of the things he said was, um, oh, you keep sending in your little cam footage from your little indies and you... Yeah, fan you cam know, footage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's different than working like... It's different than working big pressure main events on TV and in big arenas in the Tokyo Dome. You think Kenny Omega doesn't know that Will Ospreay had main evented the Tokyo Dome like just a couple of weeks ago or a few <laughs> weeks ago? I mean, like, if he didn't, then we know that New Japan is fucked. straight up (laughs) straight up but like but that's he's it's very obvious to me what's happening here i don't think that they're even trying to get a match out of it but they absolutely could get a match out of it i think it's just kenny just he's taking care of this kid he's taking care of osprey he he's looking out for him that's how i see it yeah and i think he kind of always has from what i understand like i know that he even like talked to osprey before he left new japan that like him and uh they talked to him and jay white that like they're gonna be the ones that are gonna have to like carry the uh western expansion of the promotion yeah as as the guy jeans yeah yeah and uh i think jay white um i mean not not, no offense jay white but like he has not been used well since the pandemic hit and some of that's you know not anyone's fault really but you know now he's an impact where we're like kind of slightly interested in it because it's bullet club but at the same time it's impact so we don't really want to watch it (laughs) yeah he's like uh will osprey is just um Oh, the the other kid, uh, Michael Oku, he was, he said on Twitter, he's like, man, Kenny Omega downplaying that I got a five star match is not how I would see my, uh, not how I thought my 2022 was gonna go. And then Kenny Omega responded, and he's like, never meet your heroes, kid. Like that's, <laughs> he's fucking working, and people are buying it. You know, and it's good that people are buying. It. I think yeah. that's good. It's, I think it's even better that people are buying it. But I can't believe that people are buying it. And uh, we we did watch a Will Osprey match. Um, or we watched Okada versus Osprey, and if you haven't watched that match, go out of your way to watch it. Mm-hmm. Like this match with Oku was really good, but I would say um, the match at Wrestle Kingdom was way better, and you should watch that if you haven't seen Will Osprey or haven't seen him in a while to see what we're talking about. He he might be the best in the world right now, and uh, I, I want to hear Brose's thoughts on Osprey and stuff. Well, I've been so, watching this 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 Michael Oku Osprey match, just the highlights. Um, and dude, these this is insane. Oh the, yeah. The the girlfriend gets it. I'm assuming the girlfriend gets involved. I think it's a girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. We were that trying was... to figure out who she was the whole time. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I mean, know she who was she weird. is, but she, she did a lot of screaming and whatnot throughout the match. It was yeah. weird. Yeah, I and have it the... muted, just played right now. Yeah. And dude, it's insane the spots that they're doing. Uh, this this Michael Oku guy, he's he he's he flubbed up a couple times, but dude, it's it's insanity. And uh, I I I, I shouldn't expect less from an osprey match honestly but it's so good one real quick to kind of add to that worth like the a few flubs is that um a lot of like people who are younger or like new to the business they don't they tend to get like really tripped up by those uh botches and whatnot like there's like oh the he time covered the top it rope, yeah but he immediately just like fixed when it. he tried to springboard yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he just went, he was like, well, you know, that didn't work, but I'll just go for something else. Whereas a lot of exactly. other people um, that are younger and whatnot, they tend to like, that, that just impacts their psychology for the rest of the match. It really does. And you know what? I, I, I'm I'm in the school of like, if it's sloppy sometimes, that's okay. Because it's sloppy is one thing. If you botch like hard and it completely derails the match, that's one thing. But if you're a little sloppy here and there, that's totally fine. Because in a real fight, 
it's it's gonna be sloppy nobody exactly. looks fucking crisp in a real fight have you ever seen a real fight it looks fucking ridiculous but and and you know and, and to me that adds like a, a like um a sincerity to a match when you do that like there's a difference between ruby soho's botch that was hilarious and this kid like almost messing up a screen springboard but like catching it right away or like he does they did that they did that poison rana and it was a little messy but will osprey still landed on his head right exactly. and like stuff like that like that's fine to me i think that stuff is actually makes it even a little bit better in most in some cases oh my god dude i'm watching the finish the hidden blade yeah he did it like he, he did it so yeah. many times to him some of the times way less hidden well was, he, he, he oh my he actually he actually went for the he went for the storm or not the stormbreaker the hidden blade multiple times and the kid kept dodging it he kept getting out of it and then uh, and then he finally kicked out of it so then Osprey hits him with it big time then picks his ass back up and then hits it with him when he's looking at him like in the front because the kid's so day so when he finally gets it he's like okay now you're gonna fucking feel the hidden blade. It was, was so incredible. It's it brilliant. The match Dude, was Osprey brilliant. is the best in the world right now, and I he, and I wholeheartedly believe that. I think so oh too. Oh my god! If he's not the best, he's top three. Go out of your way to watch Osprey versus Okada, then tell us about it on Twitter. What you thought about the match? I want to know what you guys think about the match out there in the listener land. Wow. So yeah, that was uh that was our recap and stuff. And speaking I think we of listener go ahead land, let's hit the uh, questions. Yeah, let's go to yeah, let's go to the community. Let's talk about oh, before we actually get into uh, actually, we'll we'll, we'll get. We'll, I was gonna say our plans for the future, but we we can. There's a, probably a question that we can cover that we'll cover that. So yeah, let's take some questions. You want to lead off the questions, Brose? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a couple from last week since we did have quite a few. Um, so there there'll be a lot of introductory que- introductory questions for us as wrestling fans so like you know favorite favorite wrestlers and stuff like that um so i have one right here from white chocolate asking top three favorite wrestling moves wrestlers moves so like signature moves all right Hmm. um i I could start off with that one i i love a good as much as it's overused now uh i love a good uh sweet chin music from Shawn michaels uh, just the way that he delivers it and uh, the tuning up the band and everything. I love it. Um, obviously, my favorite wrestler is uh, is Eddie Guerrero, so a good uh, a good frog splash really gets me going. And I it's it's weird, um, but I've always been a fan of a Russian leg sweep because <laughs> uh, I I was like you know I could do that and I used to I used to as a, you know as a signature move. Yeah, like like uh like Sandman's like Sandman's like the white yeah. Russian uh, the right the, the white, white Russian legs like sweep and I'm like oh I could do that and I used to practice it like in the backyard and yeah I just <laughs> it's it's dumb but it, it's it's something that I that I am like little little wrestler me is like oh yeah I could do that I'm gonna do that that's that's gonna be my so I'm I'm basically you know uh what was it the Miz. <laughs> does a, a variation of it. I actually, I actually do like his signature quite a bit. It's pretty good. I don't know if it's top three for me, but the skull the Miz? finale. Uh, yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's a lot of setup. It is. I, it I is. like. I I love the. Uh, I like the finishers that you can like kind of hit from the, out of nowhere. Like I love the lariat. Like whether it's Stan Hansen or fucking Kintagobashi or. Oh, that's a I love you the, don't see in a match yeah. all that yeah. often. Anymore. I love. The, 
I love the I love the Larry, and you don't hear on American TV. You don't. Well, I guess you do kind of on AEW, but like, like people got away from using the term a lariat, and then like you might ask, what's the difference between a lariat and a clothesline? Well, a lariat, okay, a, a clothesline. You run into a clothesline. A lariat runs into you, and that's mm-hmm. how I always that's how I always think about it, and that's the difference between a lariat and a clothesline. But yeah, I love the fucking lariat. Um, uh, the cop killer from Homicide. It's awesome. Awesome name. Looks fucking brutal. And uh that's one of, that's a favorite of mine. And what would be my third one? Um maybe Made uh Last of the Dragon or Made in Japan from Shingo. Mm. That that movie is just so cool. It's so badass and I get pumped every time I see it. Every time. What about awesome. you EOD? Oh boy. Um so I guess getting a little bit of thought um I've always been a real, uh, real big fan of the sharpshooter as a submission move. Um, I generally like submissions, and I feel like you don't really see them like. I mean, you do see them uh, often enough sometimes, but like I feel like they, especially in uh, American wrestling, uh, when like WWE was like the main show in town, you would see less and less of it because the way they booked, they're like you know you can't have like a babyface tap out or anything like that, so it just kind of limited their application. Um, but the sharpshooter is probably like my favorite submission maneuver. I just always thought it looked cool um when brett does it when a lot of other people do it um evil um has like a really great looking one in new japan um yeah yeah you know, so, who, does it, you know who does it really good now like a really cool looking like uh, updated version is is uh daniel garcia yes i forgot yeah, yeah he awesome. did that, in that yeah. uh i think the last time we saw him he did it and it looked really sick um so that's one um two i think i'm just gonna have to go honestly with like the stunner it's just like it's a really cool move um you know i always loved it when stone cold to do it i mean i get that like it's kind of one of those things that's sort of ruined just because it was done by like such a high profile guy so like when like someone like kevin owens does it it does kind of come across as a little uh i I don't know what the what was the term that you've used for it joey where it's kind of makes him look like a mark almost who are we are we talking about uh oh yeah i mean that's that's pretty much what it is a mark yeah (laughs) like i don't even know how that's that's i mean yeah when when like you do a move that's so iconic from somebody and it's not like it doesn't make sense like like seth rollins using the pedigree makes sense because they had like the mentorship and then they had they had their group together and then he started using it as like a Mm hand-me-down like stone cold or 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 kevin owens i love kevin owens too but when he uses the the stunner he just looks like a fucking mark i'm sorry (laughs) Yeah, well, it doesn't help that, like, when they had him start doing it, they were trying to, like, do, like, this dollar store Stone Cold thing, but that's kind of yeah. another <laughs> discussion. But uh, the last move I think I'll go with is, um, honestly, I love a good powerbomb. Uh, probably my favorite type, though, is, like, the, like, the more, like, the crucifix powerbomb, like, you know, your Razor's Edge, or uh, Ethan Page does, uh, what he's called, the Ego's Edge. Um, I just always really like that move. It um, When, the, like, the right person does it and, hit, and hits it right, it's just always, like, a really nice looking and brutal looking move i love when hernandez did it he would throw people super far oh yeah mm. and uh he's just a fucking monster he, he he would throw people super far and like uh um he, he called it the border toss <laughs> yeah <laughs> Or I've always stuff. been a when when it, when it comes to power bombs, I think the last ride is so dope from from Taker yeah because he good. gets some so high and just like mm. whoa, straight down and it, the visual is just great you know who does a really cool updated version of that is Kota Ibushi. He does the Golden yes. Star Powerbomb. Yeah. Yes. And he like does the same thing except he sits out with it and it looks yeah. so brutal. It's good stuff. 
we got another question here uh, from uh, Taste My Sin on Twitter. Who's who should leave WWE and do cool shit again, and why is it Shinsuke Nakamura? <laughs> well, would Shinsuke Nakamura do cool shit? Absolutely. But honestly, the answer is just about anyone. Yeah. Like anybody that like look at Matt Cardona right now, who's one of the hottest heels on the Indies. He might be the hottest heel on the Indies. He might be one of the hottest heels in the business. And like uh, he left and got an opportunity, popped off at Nick Gage, and everybody wanted to see it. And boy, did he fucking deliver. Oh, yeah. And he's he's having the run of his career right now. And I think literally anyone from WWE right now that wants to spread their wings and be creative and not be shackled to the kind of bullshit that they make them do, like literally anyone. <laughs> fucking uh, fucking Byron Saxton can leave WWE and do something interesting okay, probably. Let's, 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 like let's, literally, uh, any, literally anyone. <laughs> let's slow down for a second. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh I personally think I'd love to see uh AJ just do something. Like I know he's getting up there in age and he you know, mm-hmm. probably doesn't have a lot of time left, but Well, what's well, more the reason dying, to leave then, right? <laughs> but Yeah, exactly. Um but I think seeing him go out and uh just start wrestling these younger guys again, dude, it'd be it'd be really dope to see. It's almost like uh Samoa Joe on his last hurrah before he signed, mm-hmm. um, and he had those amazing matches in uh, in ROH and just everywhere. I think it'd be great to see uh, AJ get out of that uh, the cookie cutter uh, WWE style and just wrestle again, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's definitely someone I think I would love to see out there. Yeah, that's a great, yeah, I mean, that's he's, a great answer. He, he's like on the same like plane as like Shinsuke Nakamura because. I mean, I mean, they had that incredible. They have had they had the incredible match at Wrestle Kingdom, right? And that's what everybody remembers. And then you see how they're they work together in WWE, and like how shackled that is. And their match mm-hmm. was fucking shit. And yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And a couple oh other people that like shots. <laughs> the people that stand out really to me, um, at least right now. But again, like you said, it's you know you could go through half that roster and probably think of a thousand more than that. Half. Yeah. Like, yeah. Probably more than half, but like for me, uh, like Finn Balor and Cesaro in particular stand out as people that are just like, and like they do some cool stuff there still, but like not anywhere near what they could be doing, and like they're they're featured so poorly on the card. They're both like, you know, Finn Balor is like occasionally brought in for like a title match, but like you know they did that stupid thing with Roman Reigns that when he was the Demon, where like the ring post just collapses and there's no follow up on it. And just all this awful stuff. And Cesaro, where like it seemed like they would, fi- they were finally doing oh my something God. with him after years. Cesaro, Cesaro, Cesaro is at the top of that it. list. Yeah, oh probably. My oh my God, put Cesaro in New Japan. Could you imagine him in like Okada or Osprey? Right. Holy oh fuck, God. dude! Could you imagine or fucking uh, Chad Gable? Oh yeah. my gosh, oh, Gable, dude, that didn't even cross my mind. There's dude, literally like you can just we could do this all day. Literally anyone we could probably do a WWE. whole episode about this <laughs> straight up and like our ideas for what they could do do somewhere or something like that. But you never know, dude, because I would have never guessed that Matt Cardona would have been doing what he's doing today and like how fucking awesome he is right now. Oh yeah, out of everyone, well, in his, in his case, it's largely just character work too. But still, that it's, too, it's yeah. really entertaining. But like, mm-hmm. I think well, that he, the question was more so of getting at like ring quality and whatnot. But yeah, I I think I think his ring quality is a lot better now, even though he's not doing really anything crazy, because he um, well, he's not exactly wrestling like 
top tier talent either. Exactly, but but the, the thing that I noticed about him is like when I watched him in WWE, even up till when he left, he looked really uncomfortable, almost green in the ring, even though he's not green. Like he mm-hmm. looked weird. He looked he looked kind of like uh, kind of dorky, and he doesn't he he's lost that. Like he has like a confidence in the ring now, like just doing normal regular ass shit, like basic stuff. He doesn't look out of place like he looks he doesn't look unsure of himself like that's that goes a long way that's one of those little things that goes a long way that has nothing to do with cool moves or work rate or anything and that's like the confidence that you carry and going from point a to point b in a, in a match and like he's he's a completely different wrestler in that regard than he was back then yeah for sure um we got another question you want you want to you want to lead the next one eod uh sure should i like go off the hashtag yeah, yeah, go ahead. All right. So, at what point did you all sit down and discuss the idea of this podcast? And that's from uh, Ex uh, Strayed. I think is how you pronounce yep. the name. Strayed, Strayed yep. on Twitter. Yep. Um. Well, I mean, we've. I know, like, Brose says he's always been talking about it, right? You've always yeah. been thinking about. Yeah, it was doing a little bit of a like parallel this. thought line here. It was a parallel thought line, but I was uh, somebody actually. Well, this is an interesting thing and how this all came together. Um. Brose and I look alike, <laughs> <laughs> and I guess we had a mutual fan and, uh, from our streams, and they tagged us on Twitter and said, "You guys, I found your doppelganger, ganger, and we just like had like an exchange on Twitter, like a fun exchange. That's it, and then that was pretty much it. And then I went to his, ch- I went to his channel. I was like, I'm gonna check out Brose. So I went to his stream one day, and uh, just like a fun little atmosphere and stuff, and then. He he. What did you do? You mentioned something about wrestling. Yeah, I I, yeah. I we we just I said something. I don't even remember what it was. But. Yeah, and it was it was Smarky, and I was like, oh mm-hmm. shit! I was like, oh shit! You're Smark, and he, I even said that in your chat, and you're like, yep. yeah, dude, I know about wrestling. He showed me his belt, like <laughs> like a little mark, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but but then but I was like, oh shit! He fucking knows stuff, and. And uh, EOD and I have been talking about doing this for a really long time. Dr. Destruction, that's your rebrand, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we've been talking about doing this stuff for a long time. We've been like, um, ever since I've been back from my break, like we've been like saying, oh, we should do a, a, a pro wrestling podcast. But we've been trying to think of like an extra person. Um, and I, I just knew when, when we were fucking, ha- when we had that exchange in his chat, I just knew. I was like, dude, what did I say? I was like, hey, we should do a pro wrestling podcast. And I think it came off like a joke maybe at first. And you're like, yeah, man, just hit me up or whatever. And I yeah, message yeah. you. I'm like, I'm like, no, dude, I'm dead serious. Like sometimes you just know things. Like you just mm-hmm. know things can come together. And I was just I, like, I was like, this is the guy. I was like, this is the guy. I think I, I had mentioned it. that like, like I've I've been wanting to do one because like, dude, I've been wanting to do a, a wrestling podcast since before. Like I had a PC and like, yeah. not like nice like audio equipment. I I've been wanting to do it forever. Yeah, and same. um, so it was like it was like. 20 2015 i was talking to someone about doing a podcast and now that it's like you know seven years later here we are doing a yeah. podcast like yeah it's it's so cool so i was i was dead serious i, I sent i sent him a, a dm i was like look dude i'm dead serious i'm not even joking like i want to do a po- i want to do a pro wrestling podcast i'm ready to get it off the ground and we set up a meeting and we found that we fucking meshed really well and the rest is history. We started working our asses off on it, and absolutely, we, you know, uh, Brose's been editing the shows, and and I've been doing the the branding, and EOD's been sitting around with his thumb up his ass, and hey. 
No, I'm just playing. <laughs> being a help. PhD student. <laughs> Get, yeah. yeah, being a PhD student. No, I'm just kidding. He's being a PhD student. Oh, wait, that's kayfabe. He's a PhD. And uh, <laughs> um, and he, you know, he was helping with like the, you know, we were, we, were, we were all in here. We were all in here in the Discord, yeah. like just working on every little aspect of getting this podcast together and yep. um, went on like no sleep. We really busted our ass and really proud of like what we've been doing. And we really appreciate um, all the feedback we've gotten so far. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll take the next question. We'll get to this other part of this uh, in a minute. But yeah, you want to take the next question, Brose? Uh, yeah, sure. I got uh, from your boy Quas. Uh, what wrestling moment was the oh I'm hooked moment? Ooh, Ooh, that's a good question. I I have mine. Um, it was what was it? Two thousand and four? Two thousand and four? I think. Um, I had been watching, you know, like as, as, as a child and like, you know, it's, it's, I was like 10 years old and I watched, um, Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar on SmackDown in a 60 minute Ironman match. Oh, is that when the ring broke? Mm, maybe. I remember no, that was, that... that was Brock and, uh, that was Brock and Big Yeah, Show. that's right. That's right. You're right. Yeah. Right. This wasn't, I remember uh, this wasn't the one. I remember with the, this match. Uh, this wasn't one. The one with the moon salt. Yeah, <laughs> and I was no, I was like no. super. I was like super. Ca- this wasn't. Yeah, not the not the shooting star. That was yeah, that was uh, WrestleMania. Um, yeah, I was I was a super casual fan at the at that point. But then when I watched that match, I started to care about wrestling like a mm. lot. Um, and I was that. That's when I was like. Not just oh, I casually watch like oh, I'm not gonna watch this week, but I watch next week. Um, it was I was there every single episode. I didn't miss anything, and I was you know I was still young, so like, and we didn't we didn't have much like internet, so like all I knew was SmackDown. SmackDown was was where I was at, you know. So that that right there is when I got hooked on hooked on wrestling in general, and yeah, it was a uh, what a fucking match too. Yeah, that match was awesome. I do remember it now. Yeah, they they had they had a great chemistry. They had yeah. great oh, matches. Yeah. Even that oh, WrestleMania yeah. match with the famous botch was so good. It was an incredible match. Yeah. and like people only remember the botch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, EOD? What's your uh... so for mine? I think it's actually probably something a little bit more recent. Um, which is I I can't remember which number it was, but it was one of the Okada Omega matches actually. Um, before that, I w- it was. Wrestling was kind of like an interest that I would I would always kind of have like a sort of passing in right like it'd be you know I'd be interested in it for a bit like you know maybe a few months and then it would just kind of like you know go back to like the recesses of my mind but I think that was when like I kind of saw like you know what wrestling really could be that it can be like this like you know really insane match not just you know kind of like the weird crash TV stuff that was you know really like the, what the weekly product had looked like in at least in the West at that point. And, um, from there, it just got me, like, really interested in, like, every, like, other aspect of the business and whatnot. So, I think that was really, for me, the the moment that I really got hooked into the business. Awesome. For me, it's a pretty funny story. I mean, I loved wrestling since I was a child, and I remember the moment of, like, uh, seeing The Undertaker beat Hulk Hogan. I thought that was freaking crazy, and like, uh, cause you, cause even before you're a wrestling fan, you know who Hulk Hogan is, and he's kind of like the invincible guy. So I saw the Undertaker beat Hulk Hogan, and I was like, "What? That's crazy!" And I was just a child, and 
But the, the, what really hooked me, that made me a Smarky fan, was one day, one day, like I had this friend that was also a wrestling fan, and he was he was already a Smark, and he brought this uh, this wrestling magazine to school. He's like, "Hey, you should take this home and read it." And I was like, "Oh, really? I can borrow this?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah." And it was just a, it was a wrestling magazine, and it was really thick, and it talked about the business in a way I'd never seen wrestling be talked about before. Um, they were talking about it, like the insides, the outsides the reviews, like who they thought were the best wrestlers were. And it didn't sound like the way I'd heard it on TV and it just completely captivated me. Mm. And it had stuff from ECW, WCW, it had stuff from NWA, it had stuff from uh, WWE and it had everything. And I read it from cover to cover and I was so enamored with it that I stayed up all night because I couldn't stop reading it from cover to cover. Like I kept going back and like rereading it just to see if I really read what I just read. And it was, it was so cool to me. And then I'll never forget this. And this is a really stupid thing to remember about it. But in the middle, it would have these like pinups that you could put on your wall of uh, different wrestlers and valets and things like that. And I'll never forget. The, I don't remember anybody else that was on those pinups except for one. And it was Shane Douglas and he was like, it's an ECW picture, Shane Douglas, and he's looking all fucking gross and sleazy. And he's like, yeah, you know, he's got his hands out and everything. And he's kind of leaning back and it's a full body shot. And I'll never fucking forget this, but it was so gross, but funny. And you could see his fucking pubes hanging out of his trunks, <laughs> like leaking out of his fucking trunks. Oh, no. <laughs> and that's what I, it's something I remember about the night I got hooked on wrestling. But I read it so I read it so much, and I didn't get any sleep that it made me sick. And I was sick the next day; I couldn't go to school, so I kept like reading the wrestling. And I just wanted I wanted to go. All I wanted to do was go to the store and buy another wrestling magazine. So that's what that's the that's that was the oh shit moment where it really fucking hooked me uh, in the way it did. We got lots more questions. You know, we got time too. Let's uh, let's uh, go on to another question. We have from. Let's do a fun one. <laughs> we have uh-huh. from at not Grays. Why can't we see John Cena? Oh my god! <laughs> you know, this is a, a really great question. You know, I've always it's always been a mystery for me uh, why they pushed someone who you literally can't see as their main eventer. Um, you know, this is like some invisible uh, man versus invisible stand shit. But you know, WB was I guess the real cutting edge there. So. Uh, have you ever seen that match, by the way? Have you yes, ever seen Invisible yes, Man versus that. Invisible Stan? <laughs> it's incredible. It's the uh, referee performing like he's seeing two wrestlers and the crowd yeah. reacting to it like crazy. It's <laughs> it's insane. It's one of the best matches I've ever seen, and it's between <laughs> two legit invisible people. It's well, crazy. It's from GCW. Yeah, it's, that they aren't real people. I know. <laughs> They're yeah. Fucking Mark. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Good point. <laughs> but anyway, so you know, it's uh, I think it's just the way the light refracts off John Cena's skin that you just literally cannot perceive him. Yeah, I think once you once you get like a PhD in 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 thugonomics, you know, um, there's there's almost it's almost as a uh, it's almost like a prerequisite that you are no longer be able to be seen. You know, exactly. So, I- and I think you knowing that uh, uh, Doctor Destruction. I think you knowing that, you know, it's a, it's a, yeah, you have a PhD, so you gotta be yeah, right. You're a PhD. Yeah. He has got a PhD there. It's, it's, yeah, that, you know, it's you different know. fields, but you know, it's all, all the same. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, you unlock this innate ability and that's why you can't see him. 
Honestly, I can see John Cena. I don't know what y'all are fucking talking about. So what I think he's really talking about is he can't see... Like, he has a little dick, so you can't see his dick. And that's what he's been talking about this whole time. Uh, yeah, that's it. Microscopic. Really gonna bury your, really gonna bury oh, your Twitter follower like that? Dude, well, how come he follows everyone <laughs> except me? I tried to get him to follow me, and I'm pissed about it. He didn't do it. Hey, John Cena. Oh, yeah, he followed me. He did follow me. What a, what a whore. <laughs> Just mass following everybody. <laughs> What a fucking whore. Okay. <laughs> um, here we got another question. Um, how heartbroken are you that CM Punk is on AEW? That's hilarious. <laughs> I love that he's on AEW. Yeah, are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. who's heartbroken? Uh, who's heartbroken? I mean, if there are, I don't know who would be heartbroken over that. He's where he'd belong. He'd be fucking miserable if he was in WWE. They'd be using him really shitty. And, um, it's better to see him in an actual pro wrestling company. So, yeah. Yep, Not heartbroken 100%. at all. The very opposite of whatever heartbroken could be. <laughs> what else we got? We, you know, we got lots of questions. We got here. We got from uh, Average Eric. And here's another little, little comedy one. Uh, who really blew up Vince McMahon's limo? Oh my God, before <laughs> we get into this, I have a story about that. He probably That's wanted Mustafa Ali to be the one. <laughs> yeah, That's one of the stories I've heard. He wanted to time travel and have Mustafa Ali blow up his limbo. Yeah. But uh, speaking of that limo thing, I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, obviously, I mean, you probably did know that Vince is a uh, close associates with a, a certain uh, Donald Trump. Apparently, after the limo blew up on TV, he had called Triple H and asked to see if Vince was okay. Donald Trump did that shit? Yes. <laughs> Trump's what a, a mark? What a fucking mark. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, my guy, I just saw that it blew up. I can't believe that happened. Uh, I'll cover all of Vincent Mann's hospital bills. Uh, I just hope he's okay. I just really want my friend to be alive. Oh, oh my, my god. god. What a yeah. wow. Yeah. I, you know, you know what's funny is I remember that happening and like uh there was a couple of times where they did some little stunts like that and it ended up on like the actual news. Well, well here like it was because it was like what, like a week before Benoit? and all that yeah. happened so oh, yeah, it was just yeah. like straight up <laughs> yeah and then he had to just show up just drop the drop the storyline oh my god the limo. what a stunt what a stunt yeah are we all caught up on questions do we have any more we have a lot more but i mean we could save we can save I, them for I next mean, week as well I'm, s- I'm having a good time asking questions I, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, or answering I got, questions i got some more then i got some let's, more then let's get like two more let's get some good yeah. ones Okay, here we go. Uh, this is a loaded question. Uh, maybe we'll all shit on it. Uh, how do you feel about Bad Bunny wrestling? And that's from Very Awkward Guy. Oof, we talked about that last week. Yeah. Uh, it's it's awful. It's just, it's so, it's so it's bad. bad. So here's the thing. Like, I, I'm okay with people, like, wrestling, right? Like, it, the problem is the way he's presented and the way that he's presented over like their actual sign talent who've, you know, at least attempted to make a living on this. That's where I really have a problem with him. I think it's really cringy. I think the way that like I think a lot of the uh bad money marks, if you will, are really cringy. And the minute I see one in like any like thread on like Reddit or anything, I immediately just dip out. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely weird because they they just have him look good against these guys who are doing it professionally, and I don't like that. I don't like that. Um, 
celebrities shouldn't unless they're going through like extensive training like Stephen Amell like he went through all that training and like mm-hmm. he's he, he's rubbing shoulders with with the guys and I don't think Bad Bunny's doing that you could tell he's definitely you know doing things but nothing to the extent of how it should be done you know um celebrities in wrestling is so weird when they when they like yeah you, you're wrestling a whole match by yourself uh have fun you know i i also think like there's some people that that you can buy into it but bad bunny he looks like a string bean um mm-hmm. he's just he's really cringy his music sucks i'm sorry and like his uh and i just there's nothing there's nothing i, I didn't want to see i don't want to see it as bad it just didn't make any sense he looked dorky even though he could do moves you could tell he's trying hard which i guess that's to his credit but he's doing moves and it just looks it looks cringe. It's cringe. Yeah. But like you could see somebody like I was excited about Mickey Rourke being Ooh, yeah. uh like because he trained he trained under Offa for his uh movie role in the in the wrestler. He could he could probably work. He could probably work a match at least, like his uh with Chris Jericho leading, of course. And it's really stupid that like uh the Oscars would have shunned him if he'd have done the match because they see pro wrestling as lowbrow, which in reality is really stupid because if you have somebody that got into the role so much that they learn how to have an actual fucking match, mm-hmm. that should that should make you a shoe in for the damn Oscar. Sure. You know what I mean? That it doesn't. It's completely backwards thinking. Anyways, that's another fucking topic. But yeah, I think there are people that can be legitimately um, bought as a celebrity in in wrestling, and uh, Bad Bunny's not one of them. Especially, I mean, I said, like, I kind of went nuts when he, like, kind of went toe-to-toe with Lesnar for a second. Like, not, like, selling that he's afraid of him or anything, but just, like, oh, yeah, I can take him. Like, that, to me, was just awful. Uh, Straight, again, he says, uh, he asks, SmackDown or Raw? Uh, uh, neither? Yeah, I mean, currently yeah, neither. Neither right now. Neither right now. Um, But... If we're going in the past, dude, I was always, I said it earlier, I was always a SmackDown, Smackdown. guy. Yeah, I 100% Love agree. me some SmackDown. Um, the SmackDown think- 6 were incredible, and then, you know, going into, like, their their, their tag division got really, really good. Um, I, I've always liked SmackDown, and they always had Undertaker, and Undertaker was one of my favorites, so... Well, I kind of want to... Mark. And I kind of want to add, like, I thought, um, like, obviously back then was great, but I actually thought... Um, what was it back like right before i think the fox um like they moved to fox and after they did the brand split i thought smackdown was actually pretty good um especially compared to raw um oh yeah so yeah i think like you know even more recently it's been the stronger brand and supposedly it is now but i mean both are just so unwatchable that it's really hard to say i think i think most like wrestling fans at our level are especially when we were growing up are going to pick smackdown it just had the better wrestling you had like Eddie Guerrero and all those good guys on there, and that's yeah, SmackDown for sure. Those are our questions for the week, but we got one more important topic we want to talk about to close out today. Um, we had some questions about what we want to do, like uh, um, going forward, like what our goals are, what our plans are for this podcast, and we can talk a little bit about that, even though we're still ironing out everything. But there's a reason why we have a Twitch uh, channel, and there's a reason why we have the TikToks, and there's a reason why we have. Um, we have a lot of ideas that we're going to be putting into it. And eventually we'll be offering a video podcast um, of the episodes. So you'll be able to watch us uh, while we're recording. Uh, we're obviously still learning and getting used to it, but I think we're doing really good and we're meshing really well so far. 
but that's the goal. You know, we also need to get like some better gear. Like at least I mean, Brose's got really good stuff. I got okay stuff, but yeah, we definitely need to get like, you know, good micro, or good good cameras, good backgrounds. We want to give like a good presentation and stuff like that for you guys. Uh, doing live episodes, we want to do those kinds of things too on our Twitch channel. So make sure you follow us on Twitch. We want to um, do like live reactions to when we watch some shows so you guys can hang and watch us watch with us we're gonna have we won't have the like video on but we're gonna be like watching and reacting to the shows and stuff like that and you guys can hang in the twitch chat we're gonna make those special though we're not gonna do them all the time we're going to make them like uh mean something just like in a good wrestling match you make things mean something and you do them for a good reason so that's some cool stuff that you guys have to look forward to we're still ironing out everything um, but we want to bring you good content that's not just the podcast itself, but like that goes above and beyond. So there's definitely a lot, definitely a lot in the works though. So mm-hmm. so make sure you guys are following all the socials. Uh, TikTok is gonna be is gonna be dope. We're gonna have uh, some some short highlights, maybe funny moments, outtakes, stuff like that. Uh, YouTube will probably be the home. YouTube will definitely be the home of the of the video portion of the podcast. Um, so that's going to be dope. You get to see all our beautiful faces. <laughs> um, make sure you're you're following everywhere because we're going to be everywhere. Uh, it's everywhere. It's going to be a great, great time and a very, very fun journey. Our link tree is also – our link tree is just the best thing to, to, to take a look at. It's on our Twitter. It's on all our social media. Click the link tree. It's got all of our links, and it also has um, – links to going directly to the episode not the episodes but the uh actual shows on um on the pod for the podcast like uh spotify apple music all that kind of stuff and you can click it and you can look at the episode you can subscribe and follow them on there that way you don't ever miss an episode if you're a newcomer you this is your first episode you're you're seeing episode two you can go back and listen to episode one this way so it's very easy to find uh where you can listen to us it's very easy to find us all over the entire internet and uh, we always look forward to your questions. So when you do leave questions, uh, you don't even have to tag us. You could put hashtag Ask Monster Pop, and we look at that every week. And whatever is on that hashtag, we will try to answer as many as we can. You, if you have like a more long-winded question that you want to talk about, uh, or if you want us, you want to give us some feedback or anything, we have an email, which is monsterpoppod at gmail.com. Feel free to send us an email through there. You can ask your questions there, all that good stuff. So we look forward to doing this we have really cool things planned and we're taking this very seriously this is not just a hobby for us we're uh, putting our best foot forward in this podcast and we are committed to making it as good as it can be and it being like a real fucking thing so thank you guys so far for your support uh our next up ep- our episodes are going to be up during earlier in the week uh once they get edited we'll be putting them up we'll pro- try to get on like a schedule we're gonna see how that works out and then we'll have like an actual schedule when our actual episodes will air and uh, you guys can look forward to that, so we won't put them out late ever again if we can if we can help it. Um, and then, yeah, we'll see you guys. Uh, we'll see you guys and girls next week. 